Welcome to the No Filter Love Me One Project Podcast. My name is Danielle, and I'm so excited to have you here. Each episode shares an inspiring message, looking at what's raw and real. You will hear from others who share their personal stories. See, when you yourself are vulnerable, it helps others do the same. Everyone has a story to share, and their story is their strength. So let's get started and make unfiltering happen. Welcome back to another episode on the No Filter Podcast. Today's guest is Denise Walsh, who has helped over a million people find their purpose and fulfill on their God-given destiny. She started her career by working with families at a local mental health agency as a clinical psychologist and has continued on to use her talents with It Works Global to build a large team of motivated, positive, and enthusiastic business owners. Her impact as a leader in the direct selling industry as a top income earner with It Works has given her a unique insight on what drives people to action. As a certified trainer with Jack Canfield, an elite coach with the John Maxwell team, and the author of the Amazon bestseller, Retire Your Husband, Denise knows how to tap into a person's ultimate potential and find their greatness. In her new workbook, she's tapping into a combination of cutting-edge neuroscience, biblical principles, and captivating real-world stories. So welcome, Denise. I'm really excited to have you on. I don't even know where to begin because you have so many great things going on. I'm going to ask you to fill in the in the loopholes here. But again, welcome and thank you so much for being on. Yay. Hi, Danielle. Thank you guys so much for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. So if you can, you know, before we jump into, you know, today's podcast, if you can just, you know, kind of fill in the blanks of you have so many things going for you and you're just, you know, your personality and just the dynamic of what you do is so incredible. I'm going to let you just take it over and share in, you know, all those little loopholes in between. All right. All right. So I uh, I live in Michigan. I am married and have two little boys, ages seven and four, who both have cute red hair. I just think it's crazy because I'm like very blonde. (laughs) They're super cute. Um, And and really, years ago, when I got into school and college, I decided that I wanted to go into the field of psychology. And I, I did that because I had worked several years in uh, New York, actually, in with hmm. foster care children of New York City. I worked in Asheville, North Carolina as a camp counselor and helped with mission projects out there. And so I, I had this bug to serve and this bug to love. And I really, hmm. you know, they always say when you bless others, like you are blessed yourself. And I felt that. So I thought psychology was my way to give back to the world. And I felt like I have this way of kind of seeing people three steps ahead of where they see themselves. And so I love to cast vision for people. I love to kind of help, you know, bring them up and become a bit more of who they're created to be. And so anyway, I thought psychology was the way that I would best serve the world. And so I got my master's in clinical psychology. I got my first job in uh, Hastings, Michigan, which is like a country town. (laughs) And I thought I was off to change the world. Like I had big dreams and big hopes. And it did not take long in my J-O-B to be tired, bored, and burnout and go through what they call a quarter-life crisis. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love everything you just said. And I think when you said, you know, giving that blessing to other people and how, you know, you're getting that as well. Um, Can you share a little bit about, I know you said, you just said how you see people three steps ahead of where they see themselves. Can you expand a little bit upon that? 
Yeah, you know, I think that when you, like, people don't often know what they're good at because they think it's normal. And mm-hmm. so I have, I, I really have trained myself to watch the way that people interact, the way they show up, and the way that they speak. You know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. kind of watch and and then pick out the things that I really believe that they're good at and speak into them because I I don't think that we often even know what we're good at, you know, because Mm -hmm. we, again, we think it's normal. So I've, especially as a counselor, you know, as a camp counselor, but then as a clinical psychologist and now as a mentor for so many people who are starting their business, I keep my eyes and ears open to what they're good at. And then I really work to call that out and build confidence in that area. I love that. I think that speaks, you know, not only highly of you, but just, you know, seeing that light and seeing other strengths and pulling that out of them is such a, you know, it's such a need, but it, like you said, it just builds upon that confidence. Um, so can you share a little bit, I know you have, you know, your psychology background, you have a wide range of, you know, different people that you've helped and mentored, but looking at the now, you know, you work uh, for and with, you know, it works global. Can you share a little bit about, about that, what that looks like? Yeah. So, man, it's been such an amazing journey because it certainly is not what I would have thought. (laughs) And I got my master's in psychology. I was in, you know, six years in college. I never would have expected to start my own direct selling business, let alone have it be my full-time career. So my husband and I got started 11 years ago as distributors. We fell in love with the health and wellness products and the whole preventative side of health and wellness, knowing that when you put good food in your body, your body does what it's supposed to do. And so we really didn't know what we were doing, but we were excited about it. And so we just started marketing and we learned how to connect with people and and bring them into the journey with us. And so over the past 11 years, we both have been able to retire from our jobs. We've traveled the world. We've trained our team. We, um, you know, we've got over 50,000 distributors and, and part of that and the way that you can I guess I don't want to say manage, but really develop those people is to what we call layered leadership. So we're not just signing up distributors and saying, good luck. We're really looking to mentor and help people evolve in their business. Meaning at first they are, we teach them how to do a party and how to market the products. But then we also Mm -hmm. teach them how to sign up distributors and how to mentor distributors themselves. So the goal is that when people sign up, they're walking into a well-oiled machine of a personal development. And that's basically what I would believe any entrepreneurship venture is, right? It's a personal development program with a compensation plan. And so we work to develop our team. So that way I'm not mentoring 50,000 distributors myself, Mm -hmm. but I've got a handful of people that I take care of well. And then they have a handful of people that they take care of well and it duplicates throughout the team. That's great. And I think, you know, like you said, it's such this, I like when you said layered leadership, um, you know, and I'm sure across your journey, you've met people with, you know, all different backgrounds and all different, you know, even things I think that we struggle with sometimes of, like you said, not seeing our potential or not seeing, you know, our self, self three steps forward. Um, what has been the greatest impact, you know, that you've seen or that you've made in seeing somebody that, you know, they came in like, I kind of want to do this, but they really needed to be, you know, picked up. Mm, everyone. Like, I feel like nobody really, 
I, I, most people, when they get started in something like this, put their toe in and they're mm-hmm. like, hmm, interesting, but I'm not quite sure. And then they'll even say to me, good for you, but I don't know that I can do it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's my job to help flip the switch within them about the products, about the industry, and then yes. about themselves. And so part of the way that we do that is to give them places to grow. So we'll do team calls where they are kind of the ones sharing their success or their story. And then everyone goes, good job, good job, good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they might've been scared to share it, but they get the validation of everybody around them and it works to boost their confidence. And then the next time they're not as scared. So we do a lot of things like that to give people a stage and to help them grow. But I can tell you, there is one girl I'm thinking of specifically who just had very low confidence, just, Mm -hmm. you know, just low confidence. And when I talked to her on the phone, it was, why is this not working? And, you know, basically life stinks and everything stinks Mm -hmm. and nobody likes me. And like, guess I'll go eat worms and you know, that kind of story. (laughs) And so it was a year later, a year later of listening to our calls, you know, participating in our workshops because we do a lot of zoom webinar, personal development, leadership development workshop type things. Mm -hmm. And she participated in all of them. And about a year later, she asked for a phone call again. And I was a little hesitant knowing how negative she had been the first time. Mm -hmm. But when I got on the phone with her, Um, which is maybe six months ago now, she was a completely different person. Not only had she put her story out. So one thing that she had done over that year was she went live on Facebook and shared why she had missing teeth because she had been like in the midst of a bar fight one night or something and she couldn't get them fixed. And so for years she had cracked teeth and it was made her very insecure. (sighs) She put herself out there because of all of the personal development she had done and it got shared and it got shared and it got shared and a local dentist fixed her teeth for free. Wow. And and so that of course gave her confidence, but there, there was just like experience after experience where she stepped out and was validated by the team. And, and I can tell you like her mindset is different. And because her mindset is different, her business is different. And she's a completely like 180. It's been really, really cool. Yeah, that is cool. That's awesome. And I think just like what you said is, you know, when we share our story, it's it's almost tenfold what comes back that we sometimes, you know, step into that vulnerability and it's what's going to come back is going to be so, you know, it's great. It's all super powerful and so impactful. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's amazing. I know you shared, you know, we talked, we touched a little bit about your workbook, which we will definitely jump into, but I think it's fascinating to look at this connection between neuroscience and then scripture and how all of this ties in together. So I guess my question for you is what is the connection between neuroscience and scripture? Oh my gosh. This is my soapbox (laughs) right now. I'm so excited (laughs) to hear this. Yeah. It's so much fun for me. So with, You know, the background in psychology, I was trained in cognitive behavioral therapy, which is thinking impacts behavior, you know, and so I would teach Mm -hmm. that in anger management groups and teach that with my clients and things. And then when I got into it works, we really, you know, we focus on dream boards and what do you Mm -hmm. want and really helping people focus on who they are and being positive and, you know, all of the things, right? Well, throughout the years, I have really come to realize that it's not just positive psychology mumbo jumbo. Like it's not just a 
nice thing to Mm -hmm. speak words of affirmation and have a vision board that it actually physically changes the way our brain is wired and structured. So for example, in our brain, we kind of have two ways of thinking. If you choose to believe, you know, if you choose to fearful thoughts, your neurotransmitters and and pathways look like a cactus. You know, Mm. they're just kind of like dead looking. (laughs) And, and you can do brain scans and see this. Dr. Leaf is a Christian neuroscientist. And this is where I've learned a lot of the information, but she has brain scans that show the way you think impacts the way that your brain is structured. So then you, the flip side of that is thinking positive faith focused thoughts and the neurons that happen in your brain are like willow trees. You know, they're brilliant. Mm -hmm. They're firing faster. It impacts how it speaks to the cells within your body. It impacts which hormones are released or not released. And then when you connect it to scripture, meaning Jesus taught this this whole time, like take your thoughts captive and the power of the tongue and, you know, the belief is the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. I mean, when you read scripture Mm -hmm. through this filter, it's really kind of blew my mind and I'm on a mission now to share it with everyone. Yeah. I love everything you just said. Like, I just want to like battle that up because I think you brought up, you did, you brought up so many good points and it's such this, it's such a difference between, you know, positive versus just negative thinking. It's, you know, digging under those roots and really looking at, you know, what are you feeding your body? And then how else, like you said, like the idea of a mustard seed and moving mountains. I mean, that ability, that capability is within each of us of, you know, doing huge things, but it's stepping into that. And, you know, what are we feeding? I think that's so powerful. Absolutely. So powerful. And I I do. I think that most people um, live under their potential. Mm -hmm. And if we really knew what we were capable of, like, it's amazing. And, and yeah, it's just, it's like my holy discontent, meaning like, it's like stirring within me. Mm-hmm. I can feel it. <laughs> you know, I can everybody sense. needes to know this. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, you <laughs> so have more within you and we settle so often. And, um, and, and so it's, and that's what the workbook is about. The workbook really does connect the science and the scripture. So there's some neuroscience in there with Dr. Leaf, but then mm-hmm. there's also quantum physics, which is the fact that atoms are made of energy. So it's not a solid particle, it's energy. And that energy mm-hmm. releases a, you know, an ener- energy field, kind of like a mm-hmm. radio tower. So we're broadcasting this uh, throughout where everybody, wherever we are and whoever we meet. And so it connects the scripture with the neuroscience, but then also brings in some of the quantum physics stuff, meaning we truly are, we become what we think about because the way we think and what we believe impacts the, like every cell in our body and the energy that we're putting out and like attracts like, and there's just been so many cool science, scientific studies Mm -hmm. that confirm what scripture says. And so the workbook combines them all. That's amazing. So how, and we're going to jump into later too, so people can contact you, but right now, just talking about your workbook, how can people get a copy of it? How can they, yeah. Well, it will be on Amazon as soon as it's released and we're about ready to take it to the printer, which is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so right now you can go to denisewalsh.com and when you put your email in, I'll send everybody a 50% off code um, when it's actually on Amazon <laughs> ready to go because we've been, I've been expectantly waiting for it to be done for quite a while now. So I'll be really excited to get it in people's hands. 
Cool. So yeah, we'll have all your, at the end of this, we'll talk about your contact information and have all of that linked as well. That's awesome. So you bring about, you know, this dynamic of people of stepping into their potential that maybe they don't see. And earlier you were talking about, you know, different clients that you've worked with or people that have come in kind of this hesitation or maybe a little bit of, maybe even just some kind of doubt or, you know, even maybe some feelings of guilt or shame. I know you talked about the one woman who shared her story, you know, and I think it's hard, especially putting yourself in a vulnerable, a vulnerable position because it can create, you know, certain feelings. So, you know, what are your thoughts on someone you know, when, if somebody, I guess, looking at someone, how can they, you know, free themselves of these different feelings, whether it's guilt or regret or, you know, shame, whatever may be coming up? Yes. Yeah. I think, so there's a couple, there's two chapters in the book that really focus on, on the fear and the mud Mm. and then guilt, shame, resentment, jealousy, the comparison game, all of the things that keep us stuck. Because I often say, if it were easy, we'd already be doing it. Mm -hmm. So we do have some healing to do most often, and we do have some baggage to let go of. And, and so the fear is, you know, fear of, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of what will people think, fear of, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Will people listen? Who am I? You know, there's all the kind of fear that stops us before we Mm -hmm. even get started. But then there's even heavier emotional baggage, which is the guilt, the shame and the resentment. And guilt is basically saying that, you know, you did something that you aren't proud of, or that doesn't align with your values. And with guilt, there's an element of forgiving yourself Mm -hmm. and coming to a place where you say, you know, something like I did the best that I could with the information that I had at that time. Now that I know better, I will do better. And working to heal that space, you know, that, that, that thing that you feel guilty about, Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to make amends with someone else. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times we we also have to forgive ourselves. And then with resentment, resentment is when you, like somebody else did something that was against your values, against your thoughts, against what you believe is quote unquote right. Mm-hmm. Like they shouldn't have done it. And so with resentment, there's the element of forgiving someone else. And so that's when we come, and again, this is like not as easy as it sounds, but that's when we come to a place where we have to decide they did the best that they could with the information they had at that time. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they'll do better. But at the end of the day, I, you know, that's not my job. So they they did the best that they could with the information that they had at that time and coming to a place where we can forgive them. And I think when we are free from guilt and resentment and free from some of those really heavy emotions that can keep us up at night, we are then free to look forward because both of those emotions and the stories we're telling ourselves and those emotions keep us looking in the rearview mirror. Mm. And it's very hard to take steps forward when you are kind of constantly moving backwards. So the analogy I like to use with this one is it's kind of like you're going down a hill in your car with the, with the emergency brake on, Mm. you can try to go faster and move more and like, you know, hit your goals or be more focused or whatever the case may be, but you have your emergency brake on 
when you let go of guilt and resentment and free yourself from those heavy emotions, it's like just releasing the brake. You don't have to work harder uh, in order to keep moving forward. You're going to go forward faster just because you release the brake and you let things go. And so working through that is, is honestly, it's, we, I, I do a four week workshop live, like a, a live online workshop. Hmm. And I'm always, you know, nervous about this part of the workshop because it, it can be heavy, mm-hmm. but I find that this is where the most of the transformation happens and everybody loves it because we, we all need a piece of it. Right. Definitely. Definitely. You just touched upon like 10 different things, but I think, you know, I'm getting that visual of, you know, going down the hill in the car and having the foot on the brake and, you know, what is it going to take to release that emergency brake and just let it go? Um, And you also said earlier too about the idea around forgiving ourselves and forgiving others and this idea around jealousy. And, you know, I think, you know, people probably come in and you've met lots of different people that have set ways. And, you know, it's a matter of this mindset shift or it's a matter of this shift in their perspective of, let me just show it to you this way. How do you go upon, you know, somebody who has been set in their ways and letting them really open up because there is so many, you know, more things that they can see and so much more light that can be added on, you know, just stepping into whatever it may be and maybe even, you know, taking the foot off the brake and stepping into forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, if I meet somebody that's resistant to change or Mm -hmm. even growth, because I do meet people that are like, I don't need that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And the question I typically ask them is, well, is what you're doing working for you now? Because if it's working, great. But most of the time, it's not working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's a lot of things that we can do to help you be more confident, have more fun, feel more joyful, feel at peace, surround yourself with people who are challenging you and filling you up. And, and often if they're resistant to change or resistant to learning what they're doing, isn't working. And so we, we kind of get them in a place where they can see that face to face, Mm -hmm. but I know that I'm not going to make anybody do anything. So they've got to decide themselves that it's, that it's worth it and to grow themselves. And when they do, they'll see crazy transformation. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think, you know, you keep coming back to this idea of kind of this, I think of this team uh, mentality where you're really on the page, the same page as them, you know, helping them, leading them, guiding them. Um, I know you said you also work with your spouse and the two of you, you know, started this 11 years ago. How is that dynamic, you know, working together? Yeah. Good question. (laughs) So Brandon was an aerospace engineer. And okay. he was bored out of his mind in cubicle world. He likes to say he <laughs> went to lunch with grouchy old men, you know. And so he's always been a visionary and he's always been an IT tech person. So when we got started in the business, he really understood the importance of being an entrepreneur, the vision of owning your own time and, and all of these things. And I had to learn in that. I grew up with, an, my dad was an accountant. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. You know, you go to school, you get a job for 30 years, you retire. Mm -hmm. Like that was a mentality I grew up with. So we certainly had some growth, both of us to do when we got started. But what I think made it so unique for both of us was that we had very different skill sets. So Brandon immediately went online and he started online marketing. He's now a digital marketer and does Facebook ads and gets us ranked on Google and blogs and does all these smart things. And I was a people person. 
And I love to connect with and help grow people. So he kind of brought in leads and I mean, I would do parties and I would do trainings and I would talk to people one-on-one and you know what I mean? So we, we worked the business side by side, but because we had very different roles, we could brainstorm together and we could be excited together and focused on goals together, but we never really trampled on each other because we had very different spots in the business. And I, I know I wouldn't have been as successful without him and he wouldn't have been as successful without me. So we really were a great team and are a great team. Yeah, that's, that is amazing. And I think, you know, like you said, just kind of touching upon each other's strengths and then working together to, you know, make this work, but make it work with what you, you know, you already bring to the table and what he brings to the table. And, you know, I had to learn that he's not going to want to do team trainings with me um, because there's a time where I'm like, don't you want to be on stage and don't you want to come and everybody wants to hear from you. And so I had to learn that he was in his zone and when he's in his zone, he can thrive. And then he had Mm -hmm. to learn that I don't get his language sometimes. And so we had to find, you know, we had to just accept what our strengths were. And, and there certainly was some learning curves with that too. (laughs) For sure. And um, when you talk about in your zone, I actually just got this idea of, you know, what, you know, puts people in their zone. And sometimes it might be a morning, you know, a morning routine or whatever it is really kind of stepping into that alignment and what feels right and what kind of puts you in that flow. Can you share more, a little bit more around, you know, being in that zone or what that looks like? Yeah. So I start, I really do have a strong morning routine. Now I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. So there were a few years in there when I had two toddlers who went to, you know, wouldn't wake up at 6am regardless of when they went to bed. Oh, they had goodness. their schedules. Yeah. Um, so there was like, it wasn't perfect all the time, but I, they're now at an age where I'm excited to like the last year I've been able to get back to it. So I get up at 5.30 and I work out. That's like my workout time. And that's when I listen to personal development. So I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to books. I'm watching YouTube. I'm kind of like listening to stuff. Mm -hmm. And then from 6.30 to 7, 7.15 is when I read and journal and meditate and just like slow myself down, you know, just really kind of take a breath. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And that's a really special time. And I find if I don't have my little journaling time, then I can tell the rest of the day. And then what I do is I have picked one thing that's going to help take me to the next level. So one, like for the while I was working on the workbook and now then it was starting my podcast and now it's starting some of the um, e-courses and live webinars that I'm going to do. And so like one thing that is going to take me to the next level. And then in the morning, my morning routine is I pick three to five things that I can do specifically for that one goal today. And I do that because I found I was trying to fit it in in my normal every day and it wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. I found that I would make it too big. Like I'd say work on workbook and that was too big of a goal. And I really needed to hone it down so that I could cross it off and feel like I was (laughs) making progress. And so I've learned throughout this past year is, is to like have that time where I'm aligned and I'm centered and I'm like connected. And then I have my specific target. And then I write down my action steps to get to that target and something that I can do today and cross off today. So it has to be small <laughs> enough where I can finish. And, and honestly, when I do that routine consistently, 
not only do I feel good and feel in the zone, but I feel really productive and that really helps me keep moving. Yeah. That's, I think that's so the consistency part of it and just the fact of, you know, the commitment side to it. And, you know, you're talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone that you, you influence and even, I think even your kids, I mean, talk about such a positive road role model and, you know, just setting that up for them. Um, have you seen, you know, your morning routine or even just your day to day, you know, flow into their life, factor into their life or the change that it's made for them? Yeah, for sure. There's been a couple times where we just giggle to ourselves, you know, where um, there were times where I was taking notes at a training. And so Owen wanted to come, you know, I was listening to stuff and he would, he came and took notes with me. So Uh he couldn't write then. So I would trace like, I am smart and I am brave. And I am, you know, these like positive Mm -hmm. affirmations (laughs) had him trace that because he wanted to be a part of what I was doing. There's another time when Brandon, while I'm kind of reading and journaling, Brandon is also reading and we kind of have our own little chairs mm-hmm. where we drink our coffee, you know, <laughs> and, and Owen sits with Brandon and participates with him and just kind of snuggles with him and, mm-hmm. and knows what we're doing. But then every year we create a dream board as a family. And so we sit down and we talk about our goals and things we want to do and things, people we want to help or ways we can give back throughout the year. And we set that up as like a goal map for the year. But then the other thing that we've decided to do was not just to do it once a year, but to have a gratitude jar throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So any exciting thing that happens, we put in our 2018 jar. So for example, Eli, who's four, (laughs) scored his first goal in soccer ever today, which is like so exciting. So we're going to write that down and put it in the the gratitude Mm -hmm. jar and just kind of, it keeps our eyes open to the fun things that are going on in our lives. And then at dinner time, we add them to the jar. (laughs) That's so fun. I love that tradition too. I mean, I think, you know, then to look back at the end of the year of all the, you know, highlights and achievements is... It's been cute because I thought I would get a new jar, but like, that's a lot of work. So what I did last year is I just took out (laughs) all of the 2017 ones. And on New Year's Eve, we read through them all and we just talked about memories and we put them in a bag and, you know, put it in our closet. And then this year we're adding new ones. So we'll just kind of keep them stored and it's going to be so fun. I love that. That's, that's awesome. That's a really awesome tradition. So, you know, looking at, just your whole story and everything that you bring, you know, you bring mentorship, leadership, so much positive, you know, through what you're sharing, what you're speaking, what you're saying, um, you know, what you're instilling in so many other people. Um, when we're looking at this podcast and, you know, this idea of our story is our strength, you know, and this other idea of looking at filters, you know, outside of just a picture, you know, what filters have you seen or maybe in others um, that have kind of, it's kind of this idea of where we edit, crop, or change, you know, how we're showing up or what we don't want people to necessarily see. If you could just share kind of your experience with filters. Absolutely. I love that question. And I love your vision with this because I do think that it's a story that needs to be shared. And there's two things that come to mind. Mm -hmm. The first one is, is when you're talking about storytelling, people identify with the struggle. And so when I'm coaching and teaching my team on how to tell their story, we pick out, you know, a few, like 
like the beginning, middle and end, you know, and, and people really do connect with the beginning. They connect with the struggle. They connect with the vulnerability. And, and I think sometimes we want to skip over that and we want to just focus on the finish line. We want to focus on the end, but people don't connect with the end until they really know the beginning. And so I do think there's such strength in being vulnerable and really identifying some of your own stories, beginning, middle and end, the transformation you went through or even are going through currently, right. To kind of get to the other side. Mm -hmm. And so we can't second guess the beginning uh, and we can't wish it were gone or wish it, wish it away because that's really where the connection happens anyway. So being the more vulnerable we can be, the more uh, connected we can be to that part of our story, the more we're going to connect with others. And then the second thing I think of is along my journey, I had a really, like my eyes were on everybody else. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I would be good at this business. I didn't understand it. I didn't think I was a good salesperson. I did, you know, all of the things. Yeah, all the things we tell And so I would look at everybody else and I would say, man, I really wish that I was more like that, or I wish I was hipper, or I wish that I was a better salesman or more businessy, or I wish that I knew, you know, and so I would look at everybody else and I would say to Brandon, my husband, I'd say, oh my gosh, should I get better at this weakness? Like, should I get better at this place where I'm not very good? Because maybe that would make me better at this business. And finally, he said to me, Denise, you've always been a good friend. Just do that. And I was like, oh, that's why I went into psychology. So I could like (laughs) talk to people and be their friends and help them. And once I realized that I already had everything that I needed to be Mm -hmm. good. And once I focused on my strengths and I started to really excel and grow them, my weaknesses got better naturally. And that's really when my business started to thrive because I wasn't looking left and looking right and wondering and second guessing myself. I owned it and I owned who I was and what I brought to the table. And then I felt like I could like boldly and confidently, um, you know, go forth and and do my thing. And it works better that way. Like it works better Mm -hmm. when you show up confidently show up second guessing yourself. And so I had to, I had to learn that I had it all. I, the whole time I didn't Mm -hmm. have to be anybody else. I just had to really own what I'm already good at. Yeah. And that's just, just what you said is so, I love the transparency in it. And I love when you just said that one line of, you know, just being a friend because what comes behind that is so much more. And I know already from, you know, our discussion and everything that, you have shared. I mean, you are a powerhouse. You are, you know, you are just, you have so many different pieces of your light that you share and shine with so many. So yeah, I think it's, you know, everything that you just said is focusing on our strengths and building upon that, you know, and then the weaknesses will, you know, they will get better. Um, So my last question for you, Denise, is, you know, looking at all that you do, all that you do with other people, your family, whatever it may be that you enjoy, what at the end of the day truly fulfills you? You know, I feel I love to learn and teach and I love learning and growing myself and then teaching people what I'm learning and growing. And I love like the whole service 
uh, bug, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. once you've got that fire in your flame to really give back to others, it doesn't go away. And so when I feel like people are growing and learning and, um, you know, we've, we've gone to Africa and we did mission trips this past year. And I love physically getting out and, and loving mm-hmm. um, on people and you know, I mean, there was lots of crazy stories, amazing stories from Africa, but I get just as fulfilled when my team here feels like they're getting better. So when I can learn and teach and help someone kind of light that fire within themselves, I like, that's what lights me up inside. Definitely. Definitely. That's amazing. That is so amazing. Denise, I want to thank you for your time sharing your story and everything that you offer. Um, Your workbook sounds awesome. I just love that connection um, with everything that you bring. But I think just like you said with the neuroscience and then the scripture, there's such a strong link there. Um, And really diving diving underneath the roots of whatever it may be that's holding us back and step into that potential. So people listening, I know, are definitely going to want to connect with you. What is the best way for them to connect with you, learn from you? And we're going to link all of that in here as well. All right. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram at, um, it's facebook.com slash the Denise Walsh. And then on Instagram, it's the Denise Walsh as well. And then you can go to denisewalsh.com. And right now we just have a little pop-up that says, you know, put your information in and we'll send you a coupon. So the website isn't fully done yet, but you've got that ability. And the workbook is going to be out in the next six to eight weeks from when, you know, we're talking now. So (laughs) I'm really excited about it. And I know it's, it's, like I'm excited for the stories that are kind of come and from the aha moments that people have as they go through it. That's awesome. And you have a podcast as well. Is that link on your yeah. website too? Yeah. So the podcast is called Dreamcast. And the premise of this is the combining of science, scripture, and stories. But we also really challenge people to decide their dream 10 life. Like if you rank your life on a scale of 1 to 10, all different areas, I believe that we can all live a dream 10 life in all areas at the same time. And so we talk about all the different areas of life and how to kind of grow your, um, yourself in each area. So Dreamcast, that's on the website as well. And you can find it on any podcast player. Cool. Awesome. Well, again, Denise, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure talking with you and I can't wait for this episode to release and for others to hear your story and, you know, connect with you as well. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.